All right, real quick. I wasn't ex- I even told Carly I'm not going to preach. I just said, but I think she kind of encouraged me to give a little word. So I'm going to give a little bit of tiny word. Um, and I want it's funny because we're talking about faith and the word I'd been, um, I was asking the Lord for, I have two different messages. I wasn't sure how the service was going to go. I thought I might go long like it is. And I'm like, eh, I want a really uh, short one. And then I have one that's a little bit longer. But I feel like the message of the house today is faith. And so I want to encourage you in your faith. I want to look real quickly. Uh, and we're going to just fly through it. But in Matthew uh, 17, remember a few weeks ago I preached on Jesus went up to the Mount of Transfiguration. He took John, James, and Peter. Remember, they saw him, and he just, and then they fall, and he could get up. Fear not. Let's go. Remember the whole deal? Uh, remember also Moses, uh, Moses was there, and Elijah was there. They represent the law and the prophets, and, and Peter was trying to elevate the law and the prophets, and Jesus was like, no, bam, that's why I'm the only one standing. I have come to fulfill the law, and I'm the fulfillment of the prophecies. You don't need to look there anymore. You need to look to me, Jesus. Now they're coming down the mountain. In the verse uh, in uh, chapter 17. They're coming down the mountain, all, all four of them. Now notice, Jesus is not coming down the mountain with the law and the prophets. He's coming down with just him and the disciples, the three disciples. And as they come down, they see a skirmish. It's like, there's like um, arguing, and there's like this thing happening. And I could just see now Peter, especially Peter, looking and going, man, great, here we are. We got to come back down to this. We were up with God, and now we got to come down to this grumbling and this arguing. And they get down there. And if you uh, read the text, you won't see it, but if you read kind of, you do some study it, uh, theologians believe that there was a lot of uh, contention going on with the Pharisees and uh, the, the Jews and the disciples, and there was a bunch of finger pointing because the disciples pr- could not heal this son of this person. Remember the story? So they're coming down. And I go to 14, it says, when they came to the crowd, they see a crowd, they're all riled up. A man came up to Jesus, and um, he falls on his knees before him and saying, by the way, this is always a good thing if you want something from Jesus, just fall on your knees. He tends to answer you. And then he says, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is a lunatic and is very ill, for he often falls into the fire and then often into the water. I brought him to your disciples, and they could not cure him. Now, here's what's interesting. This father says nothing about the demonic at all. He says, my son's crazy. He's a lunatic. It's probably, again, if you do a study, it's probably what a modern, really bad epileptic seizure would look like. Um, He probably had a type of epilepsy. Anyway, that's what they thought. So the, the dad's like, I brought him to your people. Your people who represent you, they couldn't do jack squat. Now I could see Peter going, Jesus, remember I was with you. I wasn't down here with them. I was with you. Don't put this on me now. He's talking to the other, hey, you guys, I was with Jesus. Now, have you ever been to 
um, a mountaintop experience, like you're at a guy, guys go away and they'll go to Promise Keepers, go to a camp or something, and you're all excited three days and God hits you and it's all great, and you come back to the spouse <laughs> who hasn't had the same experience. She wasn't with Jesus. She was with your dirty clothes for three days and your kids. In that situation, they're your kids, not hers. You come back. Has anybody been or a friend? You come back. You're all excited, man. God touched me. You weren't there, but I'm going to tell you this thing. God touched me, and I'm rata santa, and we're going to do, we're going to clean the house, and we're going to do this. And the other person is not really reliving that with you. They're not really excited for you. They're looking, mm-hmm. Oh, I'm glad you got touched. But while you were getting touched, I was doing all the stuff around the house. So you got to have a little grace for these people, right? So this is what happens to the disciples. They're, they're coming down and they're, they're seeing the, the three disciples. They're seeing these other disciples. They weren't with Jesus. They're in the middle of this mess and, and there's all this contention and I, I'm sure that Peter, James, and John are like, Jesus, can we just go back up to the mountaintop and let's just be with you? But you got to bring the presence with you to faithless situations. And so this father goes, I brought them to your disciples and they couldn't do a thing. You don't want to be that, those group of disciples. That's not where we want to be. We want to be the disciples that get a go with Jesus when he goes to the mountaintop and get to see and experience him. Why? Because I'm telling you what, God favors those who run after him. The favor of God is not one just template of all, everybody's favored the same. I don't believe that at all. In fact, I don't see that biblically. The love of God is like that. He loves everybody. In fact, he loves you just as much as he loves his son. Do you, do you understand that? I mean, think about that for a second. God the Father doesn't love Jesus any more than he loves you. But he favors those who run to him and want intimacy with him. Look at Mary and Martha. Look at the disciples that get to go with him. On, you know, John says, I'm the one who Jesus loved. He should have said, I'm the one who Jesus favored. So we want to be the favored ones. So Jesus goes, um, he answers and says, you un, this is like, sometimes Jesus is pretty harsh. Pretty harsh. That's what he says. You unbelieving and perverted generation. <laughs> Come on, that's tough. We got some, you need some sozos if Jesus says that to you. You need, you need to see Karen. You need a sozo. I've always said, man, um, I don't know how Peter did it when Jesus looked at him and said, get thee behind me, Satan. Like, what did you just call me, Jesus? Call me Satan. There actually is some, just a side note, there is some who believe that Jesus did not look at Peter and say that because that would have been too harsh. Because if you look at the text, it says he was looking at Peter and then it says he turned and said, Satan, get thee behind me. Actually, so there's a thought there. He might not have actually been looking at the face of Peter. T-Mobile. <laughs> I don't have my glasses up here. Uh, 
So Jesus said, you unbelieving and perverted generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I put up with you? He was, now listen, he was not, again, you may read a, 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 a book that says this, but I do not believe this. Jesus was not talking to his disciples. There's some that believe that he was no way he was talking to his disciples. Jesus was talking to his, the Jews, his people. Now, here's why I think he was. Remember when Moses went up and got the tablets? This is very similar. Moses gets up, gets the tablets, comes back, sees, he sees the back of God. He's, he's transcendent. He's like, ah. The, the, the three disciples went up with Jesus. They saw that Jesus in his glory. They come down. They're all, ah. They see this, and they're like, oh, my goodness. Moses comes down from uh, the mount with the tablets, and it's like they're grumbling. They're grumbling. They're grumbling. And then you look at, um, through the text, and God calls them an unbelieving, perverse generation. Now, Jesus does the same thing hundreds of years later to his people. He wasn't talking, though, to the inner circle. He wasn't talking to the inner court, as you say. He's not going to tell you, you unbelieving, perverted generation. And so then he says, bring him here. What he's saying is, all of you that are mocking and are laughing and are making fun of my disciples because they didn't cast, it, cast him out, you're perverted. You have no belief. Maybe, in fact, the reason they couldn't cast this demon out of this kid is because the unbelief in this room was so thick. Wow. You perverse generation. Yes. Yes. And so Jesus says, bring him to me. I can see Peter right going, God, I'll, I'll do it, Jesus. I'll do it. I'll cast him out. No, Peter. <laughs> Let me show you something. So then Jesus goes, now at this point, it, there's no mention of demons. Remember, he's just a lunatic who throws himself in the fire. He's sick. Jesus does something. Jesus rebuked the boy. Well, he was really rebuking the demon, but, and the demon, the first mention of the demon, the demon came out of him and the boy was cured at once. Some, let me tell you something. Sometimes what looks just like a circumstance is actually a demonic attack and a demonic assignment, and you need to take charge, and you need to get that thing out. And we don't talk about demons here, but I'm just telling you, sometimes we go, oh, it's no big deal. It's no big deal. You let your, you let your kids do that stuff? Ah, it's no big deal. Why is your kid dressed like that? No big deal. Come on, every kid goes through it. Why are they changing their name? It's no big deal. Why are, you, why are you letting your kid wear a wig, your boy wear a wig and dress like a girl? It's no big deal. It's a big deal sometimes. What this father thought was just an illness, Jesus saw the assignment of the enemy, and he says, demon, come out. I am preaching again. It's like every time I get up here, I start preaching. I want to be a comedian, not a preacher. I'm both. Can I be both? My favorite comedian in the world is a guy named Sebastian uh, Manikaskarabaka. And this guy is so funny. You got to look him up. He's pretty clean. If he's not, uh, if he's not on one, one time, then don't blame me. Then that was the one I didn't watch. <laughs> Jesus. 
was then pulled. This is why I know Jesus wasn't talking to the disciples when he said you perverted generation. I'd never call my kids a perverted generation. And then the disciples pulled him privately because they were probably a little embarrassed. And they said to him, why couldn't we drive it out? Well, I think, first of all, they didn't know what to drive out. So Jesus says to them, now this, these are his disciples who are with him for years. They've seen everything. You'd think they'd have good, big faith, right? Jesus says, because of, this is New American Standard, closest to the original text, because of the littleness of your faith. He didn't say they had no faith. You have to have faith to, to be saved. I mean, to be a Christian, you have to have faith. But because of the littleness of your faith, you couldn't do this. And he says this, now the famous verse. Understand, he says this before he says, before he says this. And truly I say to you, if you have the faith the size of a what? You will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing, nothing, this wasn't some things, nothing will be impossible for you. Don't read the next verse, uh, which says, this kind does not come out except by prayer and fasting. That's not in the original text. That was added as a work. Jesus never said that. He said, if you have faith as a mustard seed. Now, why mustard seed? I was thinking about this. Why didn't he say bird seed? <laughs> well, bird seeds get eaten up, you know, and that's a stupid analogy, bird seed. What about uh, apple seed? What about whatever seed? He said mustard seed. There's a couple of reasons. One, that's a very common that's a very common tree or plant. So they understood that analogy. And it's very small. So here, listen to what he's saying here. You had some faith, but your faith wasn't even as big as a mustard seed. That's what he was saying. You can go through life with this smaller than faith mustard seed if you want. But you will not be able to move in the places I want you to move because you will have unbelief and doubt in the place of faith and trust. And here's another thing about the mustard seed. The mustard seed is the starting point. He's saying, if you have this little, you can move this thing, but we don't stay here. You know, the mustard seed turns into one of the biggest trees or plants. I don't know if it's a tree or plant, but it's huge. It's huge. And he says this, you can move a mountain. Now, listen, he wasn't literally saying you could move Mount Charleston. Let's not be idiotic, okay? It's not like you can literally pick up Mount Charleston and move it. No, that's not what he was saying. What he was saying was the circumstance that you face, listen, The greater the, the greater the circumstance, the greater the faith. So as big as that Goliath is in your life, 
will be the requirement of faith you need to move it, and you can start with that much. That's all you need. Now, here's what I don't want you to hear. There's no condemnation if you have prayed and believed God for things and they haven't come to pass. This is not, a condemn, this is not condemning you to say, oh my gosh, I didn't have a mustard. I did not say that to you. That's between you and the Lord. That's not what I'm saying. The positive spin here is this. Don't look at the negative. Don't be one of those guys who, who looks at all the people that Jesus didn't heal. You know, the pool of Bethesda, right? Great example. If CNN was at the pool of Bethesda today. And they saw Jesus just heal the one man who he, right? He healed the Remember the guy said, I can't go. I can't be healed because nobody lets me into the water. When the angels come and stir the water, nobody gets, lets me into the water. And Jesus is like, dude, I'm standing right here. You don't need to get into the water. You don't need that formula you have me and he says what do you want and Jesus heals him and all the other people that are still crippled and blind and deaf and dumb don't get healed guess what CNN and the media whatever Fox News would say they'd say man Jesus only healed one person and 50 other people weren't healed that's the negative view that's how the world views things we don't view it like that this story is a story of encouragement it's not saying it's not saying because you didn't have faith, like that this didn't happen in your life. Maybe somebody didn't, wasn't raised from the dead or maybe your situation, whatever. No, he's saying, look, look at the positive. Yes, to the disciples. That's why it didn't happen. But look at the positive. All you need going forward is the mustard seed of faith. From this day forward, you can move anything, any circumstance will get out of your way. Any Goliath, you can stand and you can say, move, because I have faith. This is, the, this is the goodness of God. When you read stories like this, let me teach you. When you read, let me teach you. When you read stories like this, often as humans, we look for the negative. It's just who, sometimes it's how we are. Oh my gosh, Jesus, you know, oh, well, you're so harsh. Even I said it. Sometimes I have to do it myself. I'm like, my, Jesus, why are you so harsh? Like, oh my goodness. <laughs> He's not Zeus. He's loving. Look past that and look to the love everything he does he does out of love and so he's this this anything that comes in your way any circumstance that comes in your way you can believe if you have the faith i will be with you to move that thing and then later on jesus has these children come to him and the disciples like no 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 there's a couple different versions of it but they're like no no stay away from jesus they're protecting him. We don't, here, here's another tip. We don't need to protect Jesus from people. Like, he can take care of himself. It's like, we don't need to exaggerate what he did. Like, I don't like it. You know, there, there are people in our movement, not this church, but there are people in the movement, the prophetic movement, who exaggerate everything about God. It's like, I mean, I'm literally with a guy at this meeting, and everything's, oh, and this thing, miracle happened, and like his leg, you know, he, he prayed for a guy, and like the guy's, the guy's knee was hurting, and now it's better, right? 
So then when I hear him relive the story, it's like he has to exaggerate the story to make God bigger. You don't have to make God bigger. No, I've heard stuff like this. I've been with God, and I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, well, we had a great trip, man. I prayed for a guy. Remember, I'm standing right next to him. I, see, I know what he's saying. I prayed for a guy, and it, and it goes from, man, his knee was a bum knee, and now I can, to, man, there was a guy without a leg that I prayed for, and I saw the leg grow back. And I'm like, you liar. Has anybody been around a guy like that? Anybody been that guy? You don't need to do that. You don't need to make him famous. He's already famous. Anyway. What? So anyway, the, the children come to him and they're like, get away from me. And he says, ho, ho, ho. Hey, hey, guys, if you want to enter into my kingdom, you got to have faith like a child. You know why faith like a child is cool? Because they believe anything. Sometimes it's not good. That's why you're like, stay away from the stranger. Stranger danger. They believe anything. If my little kid, now they get older, they get jaded, they get a little bit more like, you know, they're 13, 14, 15, they get a little bit like, I say something, and they're like, well, so-and-so's dad said this. I'm like, well, then why don't you go live with so-and-so and see how that dad treats you, right? But when they're little, like Coco and Savvy, especially Savvy, Coco's seven. She's starting to now question a little bit, my little Coco. But they're little. You can tell them anything, and they'll believe you because they trust you. Daddy, can I eat this? No, you can't. Why? Because it's poison. Okay. Most of the kids, my kids anyway. Some kids are rebellious from birth, I guess. Check the parent. But I find out, hey, settle down now. Settle down now. Some, yeah, some kids are more unruly. But generally speaking, they trust you. That's so why Jesus says, have faith like a child, and you'll see great things. Amen? Be encouraged. Don't be discouraged. If you're like, man, I just need the mustard seed of faith, just grab hold of it today. If you're like, man, I prayed for this person and they didn't make it or this didn't happen or my finance, whatever, don't live in condemnation. This is what the enemy wants you to hear. This is not what God wants you to hear. He wants you to hear from this day forward. You can rise up and you can speak to any circumstance with just mustard seed of faith and watch that thing grow. Amen. Come on, stand up.